Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome again to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. We come to you every week, and we... Uh, we're a, actually a tech company that uh, does streaming video and mobile apps and church management stuff and, and other things. But we also have a real heart for churches, and uh, we like to uh, to do these podcasts, not always tech-related, but sometimes tech-related. But we also like to do these podcasts that really enable people to help volunteers, to encourage people. We have a real heart for the church. Yes, we do. And today we have a guest. Uh, if only people could see the video on this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have a guest today. His name is Bo Willette. And Bo is an old friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And you are on staff. Actually, we're actually on the scene here. That's right. In, at Calvary Christian Fellowship. That's correct. In Tucson, Arizona. What do you do here, Bo? Well, I've been the actual assistant pastor for about 23 years now. Gosh. So since I was 22 years old. That is um, Practically, I think I've done most anything you can do, uh, kind of in a church environment. So, um, (laughs) but I also, um, I have other, you know, pet peeves, if you will, of things that I love to do. And that's kind of why I think I'm here with you guys. Right. Um, so, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah. You love porn. I do. I love talking about it. I certainly have been around it. Yes, Um, you have. Um, you know, when you say it that way, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but a lot of people, um, have come up to me and they kind of have said like, man, you know, aren't you like the porn pastor kind of guy, yeah. you know, and they yeah. kind of associated me with that. Yeah. And I understand, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's okay. I mean, you know, I have, um, a background in that, uh, area of life and, okay. well, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, not on the not on the production side, but on the consumption side. <laughs> yeah, consumption side, and and uh, you know, I did have a father that worked worked in the industry, and I'm from North Hollywood, so, um, and we've had friends that have been in the industry, so it's it's kind of different because I think when you're raised in a materialistic secular environment, you don't really think much about porn. You don't think of it as a bad thing. Um, and when I'm saying porn right now, I'm usually I'm kind of being very generic. Um, which I don't like to do today, but um, uh, what I mean is like kind of the porn industry that's mostly uh, based out of San Fernando Valley. You know. Well, uh, yeah, and and uh, Bo and I go back. We, I mean, I met you probably twenty three years ago. Yeah, I think it, I was right in, when I moved out. Yeah, I was in Christian Radio, and and you actually did a little. You did some hosting for us. Yeah, on our station on KGMS. Here yeah, it was a blast. Man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, so let's just kind of jump into this. So yeah, Bo, let's do it. Bo is going to talk today about. Uh, I've titled this thing "Pastors and Porn." Okay, but, whatever what we want to call it. Yeah, but, you know, I was looking at some stats, recent stats from. Uh, uh, xpastors.com. Yes. And uh, they said the porn industry generates yeah. about $13 billion each year uh-huh. in the United States. Uh, here's some, some shocking stats, or maybe shocking to some people. Uh, nine out of 10 boys and six out of 10 girls have been exposed to pornography before the age of 18, mm-hmm. according to these guys. Uh, the average age of first exposure is about 11 years old. Uh, men are, um, uh, I don't I think I got the wrong typo here, but I think men are 50, 54% more likely to look at porn than women. 
Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, 50% of Christian men and 20% yeah. of Christian women say they are addicted to pornography. And then uh, and here's something that's kind of interesting. The most popular day of the week for viewing pornography is Sunday. Hey, why not? I don't know if the people are in church and they have their phones <laughs> open and they're whatever. But, uh, and then uh, uh, Patrick Means, who's the author of uh, what's called, uh, I think it's called Men's Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shares that 63% of pastors surveyed uh, confirm that they are struggling with sexual addiction or sexual compulsion, including but not limited to the use of pornography, uh, compulsive masturbation, uh, or some other secret sexual activity. And so for you, these stats, I mean, you're obviously familiar with these stats. Yeah. And this is not a big surprise to you, right? No. And it's it, to me, it's almost a little um, anecdotal to a lot of the real issues with this subject, um, you know, I think the Christian culture and the Christian ministries in general tend to be very anecdotal. There's not many ministries that have people that really have friends in the industry, have been around the industry, um, are kind of close to it. So they tend to just pick things, you know, and really go at it. Like, you know, God, there's all this, there's all these issues, you know. You know, my I'm different in the sense that, you know, my my introduction to the Bible, the reason why I read the Bible was because it was so filled with porn. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, whoa, dude, Lot sleeps with his daughters. Dude, that's a genre of porn. Abraham's with the maid. That's a genre of porn. Um, you know, Judah sleeping with his daughter-in-law. That's a genre of porn. These are all genres of porn. And for a person like me, you kind of come to realize that. The Bible is really just a, a, a parody, or everything is just a parody of the Bible. Okay. And which, so, so from my perspective, the Bible was very interesting because of its sensuality. And it kind of creates a little bit of an issue for Christians because we're told, you know, not to indulge in sensuality on one hand, you know, and then the whole Bible is literally a love story. A passionate love story you know one that's really sensual so when you read stuff like the stats and stuff they become in a sense very I say anecdotal because they, they're used mostly I think as shock value like whoa that's that's amazing you know when when really lust from a Bible a biblical perspective lust is in everybody there's no gender um, um, distinction with lust it, it it involves us all as people. Um, one out of one people on the earth lust. It's a um, natural thing. It is a natural inclination of the fallen man, the Bible says. So when you read those type of stats, and usually when a Christian organization gets into those type of stats, it's usually to shock people, to make them go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like porn's the problem, you know, but... I don't really hold that view that pornography is the problem. And that's what people get shocked with, I think, when they start learning about our ministry. Because um, they think we're kind of, oh, you, this is another Christian ministry. They're going to be very anti-porn, that type of thing. And we don't come across our very sex addiction oriented. And that's not how we come across at all. Um, we actually want people to just grow in their walk with Jesus. And that's all we're 
That's all we're saying is that that Jesus is a better pleasure and he's a better joy and that these other things are distortions. They absolutely are in a lot of our lives through various ways, various means, you know. Um, and so you, and so you mentioned a, a ministry. Is that your ministry here or is there a separate ministry or? No, it's my separate ministry. Oh, okay. It's called Run- Tell us about that. Yeah, it's called Running Light Ministries. It's out here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I started it probably eight years ago where we just did a whole nonprofit. And um, it was really out of my heart to just create an environment for men and women uh, to get in groups and just talk about these issues, um, talk about things that they struggle with, um, to be able to have a place where they can confess issues. Um, because... Because if those are right, and and I'm right, and the Bible's right, saying like everybody deals with lust on some level, whether you're a believer or whether you're not or whoever, then, um, you know, where is there a place where people are able to talk about these gigantic supposable issues? And and obviously, sex is a big one. So uh, are you familiar with Mike Foster at all? People of the Second Uh, Chance? People of the no. second chances. He talks. He's, it seems like he's in a similar vein as you. Yeah. Uh, he, he. I've got a couple of quotes here, but he says the problem with Christian Christian accountability mm-hmm. is that you and I can game the system. Uh, he says I know how to beat it, and if you uh, stuck around the church long enough, you will figure it out as well. That's the problem. Uh, we're where the alcoholic that knows where the hidden key to the liquor captain is. And he goes on to say that he'd like to change the word accountability when it comes to dealing with all this mm-hmm. to advocacy. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you're, you're, not, you're not necessarily – and I wanted to get to with you a little bit about that. Yeah. Because most people say, well, you got to have accountability. Yeah. And, and, and I would agree with that, but his twist on that is advocacy. In other words, you, you've got to have – there needs to be really large measures of grace – uh, there needs to be uh, atmosphere, environment where people are free to share, and 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 free from fear, uh, you know, fear of rejection, uh, and and the and the priority he says that he feels like where some of these ministries are maybe missing the mark when it comes to dealing with pastors and people in porn is that they're concerned about the organization almost more than they are the people. Yeah. How, what's your thoughts? No, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot there, you know, for sure. And I think you kind of got to back up, obviously, a little bit, you know. Um, you know, I think he's right in the sense that there's obvious issues within evangelicalism um, when it comes to these things. Because you can listen to 25 years of sermons, and I can get in a room and say to people, how many sermons have you heard where anybody confessed any lust? And and I and everybody's going to be like, uh, I don't know, like maybe maybe two. Okay, so out of twenty five years of sermons that you've heard from various pastors all over the United States and abroad, you haven't heard anybody talk about their issues with like googling boobies or anything like that. Nothing's ever come up, and that that becomes a problem because education is also taught by what is not said. And when you have 25 years of a lack of discussing these issues, especially important issues, especially huge biblical issues of sex and sexuality, these are not minor issues. These are huge issues. Um, then, then basically you have a culture that is educated in, in a way of, you know, this is not 
something we talk about. This is not something we should bring up. So what happens is people that do struggle with lust feel awkward. They feel weird. They feel like they have to go to special groups and that they're special people, um, that they need accountability. No one else needs accountability or advocacy, you know, but, uh, but they certainly do. <laughs> you know? the, the challenge behind all that is people don't want to admit that it's me too. That's probably why there hasn't been, especially, you know, a, a respected leader, a pastor. Yeah. They're, they, you know, it's, it's, it's something you don't want to talk about. Well, and you know what? It's it, not comfortable it, talking about. It's a, it's a good topic because, you know, the church has a hard time defining what is good sex. Like if I got a bunch of just uh, elders around, uh, pastors and elders, and just said, hey, what is, what is your sex life like? Let's talk about your sex life. Yeah, that's you know, something you, you start it, to clam up. That's right. right. It's going to be some. You're going to see, and you're going to see a variety of differences. You're going to see some people say, "I have sex with my wife once a year." We're in our 60s. You're going to see people that go, "Hey, you know, we're in our 30s. We might have it, you know, twice a day." You're going to have you're going to have all kinds of variety, um, and and if you can't talk about what makes sex good or right or God glorifying. You know, mm-hmm. then it's very difficult to 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 really move the conversation anywhere. You know, in the culture, um, and that's it. No one really wants to talk about even what's good sex or what's right sex. And you know, you know, sex when you're when you you know some of your questions already um, are assuming a parody uh, or not a parody, but a paradigm, meaning you're already assuming there's such a thing as sex addiction. Where I really don't hold to that. You know, I don't believe there's such a thing as sex addiction. Now, maybe it's because I used to do drugs and I know what alcohol addiction's like. I know what drug addiction when you're on meth or acid or things, these type of things. I know what it means to get hooked into those kind of things. I certainly believe sex is a behavior, um, a habitual behavior issue, um, chronically. <laughs> uh, it can be a chronic issue, you know, for sure. But when you use sex addiction, you know, that's, uh, that's used mostly in religious contexts, meaning people that have a religious background that feel horrible in their conscience because of something that they're doing and they're having, they're struggling with stopping. And so they go, I'm a sex addict. I must be an addict. Um, where when I was in, when I was a non-Christian man, I, I didn't care like porn. That was no big deal. I mean, having sex with someone was no big deal. Now the church people freak out about those things and their conscience gets all worked up Mm -hmm. over it. But the secular humanistic world has no issue with this. Like, you know, if they do, it's more on issues of, uh, patriarchy you know, uh, more on the issues of men dominating misogyny, right? right. You know that type of issue. Um, yeah. So uh, let's let me just make sure I clarify this. So yeah, you know, you said at the very beginning, okay, you don't see the problem as as the porn industry. You don't see the you don't really see that as the problem. No, you see the issue is lust. That's right. Which everybody deals with. That's right. We can get it. Just so you guys know, we can get rid of all the human porn in the world, yeah. and we. St- you know, still and, gonna have a problem, and we're still gonna have first of all massive cartoon porn, which is by far the worst in the world. Okay, yeah. which a lot of kids get into through through the anime world, into what's called hentai. Right. But you can get rid of all the porn in the world, and we're still gonna have these issues. We're still gonna have struggles. You know, right now though, like uh, what just uh, was presented 
um, uh, a bill from Texas was that uh, porn is a public health issue. And that's what they're trying to get in um, uh, legis- uh, legislatively, I guess the word would be, you know, to pass a bill that says, hey, porn is a health issue. Um, and it's no different from, in a sense, prohibition, where when they couldn't get a morality issue, you know, uh, passed, okay. they went through a, a uh, public health issue. Right. And that got passed. And that's kind of the same thing where it's, you know, it's, it's public health. And so I strongly believe in regulation of the porn industry, meaning there should be regulation. But the reason why I'm, a, I'm not for like the banning of pornography in the porn industry is because someone easily could look at the Bible and just go, hey, you guys got a serious issue. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's true. We do. Yeah, we yeah, have a serious yeah. issue. So, yeah. you know, you've been in ministry now for over a couple decades. Do you think ministers or, or people involved in ministry, because we have people listening to this podcast, you know, that are volunteers, pastors, associate pastors, pastors' wives listening yeah. to this. Do you think those involved in ministry are more susceptible to, uh, well, let me just say, it, it, looking at pornography, well, do you think they're more susceptible than the average person? No, I don't think they're more. I think it's, no, I think it's just uh, across the board. You know, I think the pressure in ministry... Um, at times, certainly, um, there's always uh, uh, ways to deal with stress. And one of those issues today, uh, pornography has become more of a viable option, you know, for people. It's really no different. For, for, most, for many people's pornography use, pornography is like a glass of wine at night. It's like going to work out. It's people use pornography today far different than what what we kind of hear that stereotypical that you know I'm into porn and you think of a guy in a basement that's just sitting there viewing and viewing you know with VHS popping them in popping them out and kind of thing and that's just not how it is today. You know, kids are growing up today, you know, viewing porn clips all the time. You know, and they're seeing hardcore porn clips. And this is something that goes in their brain and goes out. And it's something that's a part of their life. And they're learning how to use this um, in their environment, like in their life. Um, You know, and I'm not saying that that's great. Um, I'm just saying that, um, you know, we have to understand that the world has changed. And because pornography is so prevalent today and so accessible today, um, people are viewing it much differently today than ever before. You know? so, so what's the answer here besides the cliche, Jesus is the answer? Jesus I mean, is the answer, man. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, when somebody, you know, somebody listening to this podcast says, yeah, I, I, yeah. Listen, I watch porn or whatever yeah. quite often. Uh, I don't really want to do that. Uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, you know, well, I mean, there's and there's a lot of there. I mean, it's so hard to just give it one thing because yeah. you know the there's so many things. Usually, when when you know when a lot of times when people say, "Hey, I'm into porn," we automatically think, "Oh, well, he's he's not really loving Jesus, or he's not really da 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 da." I mean, there's so many wrong statements that are made, you know, on this issue today, and. Um, and so the paradigm to me is just totally different. Um, I just think that way, you know, just a lot different about this issue. There's no doubt, like, if you want to say porn's an addiction, first of all, where it's a problem, 
you know, it, what we're saying, I think what we all understand is that this guy is trying to stop, but he can't, or this girl is trying to stop, but she can't. She keeps reading erotic literature. She's watching porn, too. Remember, there's women porn producers today. I mean, it's very cross-gender today. Um, but the issue to me is you have to, we have to learn, we have to understand that Christianity is about waging war on the fleshly nature. That is Christianity. And for some, some way in the Christian culture, what, however it is, maybe it's because we, are, we usually hear teachings of the Bible so much that we don't actually see Christianity lived. We, we hear messages all the time about the Bible, but we don't see things really functioning. You know, we don't see the functionality of repentance. We don't see the functionality of confession. We don't see, you know what I mean? You don't see that in the lives of leadership today. So, so we tend to think that, like, it's odd to fight sin. Like, this is weird, you know, where to me, I'm, I'm just creating an environment with running the light saying, no, you guys, this is normal. This is normal. What we do as Christians is we fight against issues of the flesh, whether it's food, whether it's lust of food, whether it's lust of sensuality, whether it's lust of money, uh, whether it's lust of power. Um, you know, we're all, we all should be in advocacy, accountability, um, seeking repentance, seek, having people, you know, like James 5.16, confess your sins one to another. Is that for pastors? I would think it's for everybody, myself. I don't think the passage says, but if you're a minister, you don't have to confess your sins to, to anybody. You know, but that's, that's where, we've, that's where we, in the church, somehow there was a paradigm shift at some point where we, we really emphasized, I think, the teaching of the word, which is great. But we lost something in that. We lost like a, a community, a leadership, learning how to lead where so there's no separation between the minister and the congregant we both realize that we're on the same page and that's why I go to the groups because I go hey I've been an assistant minister for 23 years and that makes me no different than you none not at all same lust is in me that's in you after you get done fighting porn and you feel like you got that one good there's just going to be another one it's it's not like it's not like you're going to be good and you don't need confession or accountability anymore. So you said something earlier about yeah. the groups. You said it's it's um, men and women. Yeah, is it men and women together? Is that men? Good question. To no, it's women? not. No, okay, it's not. Yeah, I would think that would be yeah. really tough. And it's tough. tough today. Today it's tough because you know remember you have a lot of in the church. What pastors don't realize is people that come to your church today, um, um, especially youth, don't. Uh, some of them question their gender identity some of them are questioning their sexual identity people in the church too in general i think are a lot uh there is a certain group of people that are questioning those things um uh so you know even in groups you might have guys that are with other guys that just work you know are struggling with homosexuality really strongly um but we do separate our groups you know we do, do have a women's group and we do have men's groups and we do have groups for wives of men who struggle too, because that's a that's a dominant feature of this. Is you know all the think about it when you're married. I mean, how many married couples talk about sex? Really talk about their sex life? How many of them really 
you know, think biblically about their sex life, you know, since the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. I mean, do we think about that when we're in sex? You know, yeah. I mean, these things are just not really talked about. So, so, so your point is, um, and you know, this is a short podcast. Yeah, no, no doubt. But your point is, you know, leaders and people in the church need to model, not just teach the scriptures, but we need to model this. That's right. And, Absolutely. and we need to, to live it out. And people need to see us. I mean, I'm still technically involved in ministry, and people. So people need to see me being realistic, being authentic about whatever you struggle with. Yeah. You know, because it says the righteous man struggles seven times, it gets back up. Right. So it's okay if you're a pastor and you go, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna now be vulnerable, and I'm gonna show my congregants what I right. do fight." You know, it might not be pornography or things of that nature, but there's got to be something that you brawl with. I mean, yeah. you know. The, the only thing I, I can, and we're running out of time, but the only thing I can think of is is that some pastors are going to, going to be afraid yeah. because the church board. I mean, if, if, if somebody stands up and says, you know, I've, I've looked at pornography or I have this issue with lust, especially yeah. in the area of pornography. I mean, yeah. if you say you have a lust of money, you may not get fired. But if you said you had a lust of pornography – you know, your church board might consider firing you. Yeah. And so those are some of the issues that I think some of the pastors may deal with when it comes to being open and vulnerable. Yeah. And they have to deal with it. They have to learn how to not deal with anecdotal statements and they have to learn to really get involved. What kind of porn are they watching? What, you know, everything, everything is going to help you make decisions as a leader. Um, you know, porn, if someone's watching child pornography on your staff, of course, that's going to be a serious issue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's going to be a lot different than someone who's flipping through the Victoria's Secret catalog and he's lusting in his heart. Maybe he goes in the bathroom and masturbates. You know, there's going to be a difference there. Um, we understand that there's it's lust, but we have to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is lacking. So uh, we're running out of time here, but you have a podcast as well. I do. I have and, a podcast. So, it's on iTunes. It's right. on SoundCloud. What's uh, it called? It's on Google. It's, it's Just look up Running Light Ministries. Running Light Ministries. Yeah, we call it the Better Pleasure Podcast. And me okay. and Peter Martin, kind of my sidekick, he's kind of like my Robin. But yeah, we yeah. Uh, we hammer out, man. It's great. And, and what do you guys talk about? I mean, is it always we about? Talk, we actually just got done a three-part series on pastors and pornography. Oh, and, um, but, uh, we talk about all kinds of issues and it's, okay. it's very deep. It's very theological. Um, uh, and it's very interesting, but I think it's probably going to be probably one of the more broadest, uh, um, podcast on this subject in the church for sure. I really like that, uh, that title better, uh, that subline better pleasure. Yeah, that's what that's it great. is. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. All right, so how can people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me. Um, they can email me at bo at runninglight.org. Um, okay, so bo is spelled B-E-A-U okay. uh, at Running Light, okay. and that's all lowercase. And then they could also find my Twitter at Running Light. Uh, we're on Twitter, so they can always get a hold of us there, too. All right. We, we probably need to do this again sometime soon. I, it, yeah. I know this doesn't really do it justice, but I think yeah. it's, a, it's an issue – you know, as we do these podcasts, that sit at the very beginning. You know, we do a wide spectrum of yeah. Tech you stuff. guys do, man. <laughs> but, but we also, you know, we have a heart for the church. We have a heart for pastors. Yeah, and, and so and volunteers, and so that's why we sometimes will go off on some of these different areas. Uh, and one of them is pornography. You know, yeah. We actually did this with you about, I don't know, how long ago was it? Six years ago, maybe? Yeah, Where I we, think so. We did a streaming. We, we, had, we did video, and we had you, and uh, that was good as well. So, okay. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, 
We appreciate you. All right, so we are out of time. Uh, my name is Phil Thompson. Steve Lacey's with me here. Bo Willette has been our guest. And if you have any feedback or questions, you can always contact us, support at streamingchurch.tv. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and give us some feedback on maybe some of the things that Bo said uh, may have sparked a nerve, may have touched a nerve, may have you may totally agree, you may totally think he's out to lunch. But uh, he's a good guy. He's probably out the lunch, but he's still a good guy. So, all right. All right, we're done here. Uh, We will catch you next week on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Have a great day.